Hey, good morning. I'm going to talk about bureaucracy again. A friend of mine, Max, a few days ago asked me a question about it. He said, you keep talking about bureaucracy and it sounds like a great platform, but I want to join. I don't know how to do that. I have some money. I have some needs to develop a piece of software and he knows what needs to be done. He's not a programmer. He doesn't want to do it himself and he just wants to outsource it to, to us and make sure that it's done. And he says, where's the button? How do I click? start working? How do I uh, place my software requirements? How do I explain what needs to be done? And then I want to see the result. And I told him it doesn't work that way with us. It's not that kind of platform. And I decided to record that video to explain the steps needs to be followed before you can actually see the results with the platform and get what other users are getting. So you know bureaucracy is an AI chatbot which helps people replace project managers in their projects. But it's not only just a chatbot, it's also a policy according to which all programmers work. A policy which we developed for many years and which now enforces everybody to follow the same process and be successful in a software project. Programmers know how to follow the policy, architects know how to do that, testers know how to do that, but customers don't. So if you want to be a customer, if you want to put together a group of freelancers on our platform and then put the artificial intelligence on top of them and make sure that the team works according to the rules and produces results which you pay for and gives you way more than any other platform, any other engagement of software developers can give you, then you need to follow the rules. But you don't know the rules. You're the customer, you have your budget, you have your money, you just need the results. You don't want to learn all the policy we created for the last few years. You don't want to understand what those tickets are about. You don't know how to follow our procedures. You just need it to be done. In order for that to happen, you need somebody, we call that person an architect, who will drive the process forward, who will be the key technical person inside that group. And that person will make sure that the, uh, the entire uh, software endeavor actually leads to results using the AI we provide, using the software we provide, using the resources we provide, programmers, testers, QA people, everybody. So the first step is to find the right person, find the architect. You, Max, needs to hire the architect. That person has to know everything we do, has to understand all the principles of our management. And that person will report to you. So you will talk to architect, you will explain the architect what requirements are, you will be so-called product owner, and he or she will be the architect, the technical lead, the technical head of development, which will work with them according to the rules we enforce on our platform. So the question number one is, how do you find the architect? Maybe you have such a person. Many people come to us and say, we have an architect. We have some people in-house. We have people in the payroll. We hired them a few months ago. We have an architect. Let that person be the architect and direct your programmers where to go. In most cases, it doesn't work because the most important quality of that architect is not the knowledge of Java. It's the understanding of the rules of work is understanding the philosophy of microtasking, which is the core fundamental element of the entire management uh, philosophy we have in bureaucracy. So that person, the architect, has to understand that and has to work according to the same rules. So the architect has to get the money also for the results delivered. 
if you have that person on a payroll, if that person gets salary by the end of the month, he or she will not be able to work in our system, will not be able to understand programmers, will not be on the same page with them, will not understand their motivation, will not follow the process, will sabotage the process in most cases. And eventually, that architect will tell you that our platform sucks and all the freelancers suck. We just need to find full-time people, put them in the office, and then everything will be great. And then you will get back to full-timers, then you will get back to all the disasters which come together with them. So my point is that you need an architect as a freelancer. You need to find the right person on our platform. First of all, as you know, all programmers on Xerocracy, they have their uh, reputation. They have uh, reputation points, which they score when they close tasks. The more tasks they close, the higher the score, the reputation score. And this information is open. You can go online, you can click team, uh, the link on the bureaucracy website. You will see everybody and we'll see their scores. The best people, of course, they have the highest scores. They are the best candidates to become your architect. They know the platform. If they score a lot of reputation points, means they make a lot of money, means they understand the philosophy of microtasking, means they will be able to help you to get the team together and to manage that team with the help of the chatbot, with the help of the, of the software we provide. The question is, how do you find the right architect? How do you pick the right person? Because there are many of them who have uh, high scores. And how do you make sure that they will be interested to work with you? What you do first is that you post a request for proposal, RFP. That's how we call it. In RFP, you just explain what needs to be done in a very short piece of text. Usually it's just one paragraph. You just say, what do you want? What the project is about? How much money do you have? What are the expectations about the tax stack? And approximately how much time you think it should take. You just explain it shortly and post it online. All the people who have high enough score, who have some good reputation, will receive a notification via Telegram, Slack, or some other means which we use to communicate with them. They will know that there is new RFP coming in. They know that somebody wants to hire them, wants to start a new project, and somebody needs an architect. So they will know that you, Max, needs a good architect for your great project. 15 of them or 500 of them, depends on the size of the pool, will receive that information. And then the one who is interested will have to buy your contact details. So say I'm an architect, potential architect, I'm a person with good reputation, I'm a programmer, I see the RFP, I understand that this RFP, this project description perfectly matches my uh, tech skills. So let's say you say it's Java, it's a Spring framework, and I know them both, I want to work with that, I, I have some free time, and I want to talk to you, I want to be your architect. I have to purchase your contact details, not with money, but with my reputation points. So I have to sacrifice a certain amount, quite large amount, of reputation points in order to know who you are. I just click buy this RFP and the system gives me the contact details of you as a customer, my potential customer, in exchange of a few hundreds of reputation points. And then I get your email as a potential customer of mine, I contact you and then we decide what to do with the project. Maybe we, I like your project, maybe you like me, we discuss, you talk only to me, you have just one specific architect, not just a group of potential architects, but one architect who is interested to work with you and who paid for it. 
that's what makes it different from all other uh, online platforms who help you to find freelancers or just workers. Every time someone is interested to work with you, that person has to pay, not with money, but reputation points, which are very important asset on our platform. And I forgot to say that you also have to pay for the RFP you submit but you have to pay with money. Right now, at the time of recording this video, it's $16. I don't know how much it's gonna be in the future. Most likely it's gonna be way more. So you have to sacrifice some money before the platform starts finding you the architect and before any architect becomes interested in you. So that's how we filter out customers who are not serious. We filter out those who are not really interested to work but just want to talk about the project. And then we filter out people who are not interested really to work with you and they just want to talk. That's how the matchmaking works. And then after you find the architect, the architect will start everything for you. The architect will bootstrap the project, that's how we call it. And then everything will be configured. The architect will find you the team of freelancers. The architect will understand your requirements, will collect initial requirements from you. The architect will be the point of contact for you in the entire process. And the architect will get some commission for helping you out. So from everything you spend on the platform, from all the funds you deliver to programmers for their results, the architect gets a small commission. So the architect is interested to keep the project going. The architect wants the project to be successful, wants you to be happy while delivering the money to programmers and when they deliver you the result. You know that bureaucracy only pays for result and that's why the more you pay, the more results you get. It's a win-win model for everybody. That's how it works. Start with the RFP and um, if you're not successful with the RFP, sometimes it happens, Sometimes customers submit this request for proposal and nobody answers them. So no architect is interested. In that case, the first option, you can join our Telegram chat where all the architects uh, participate and where you can a little bit push forward and ask them to pay attention to your request for proposal. You can advertise your project there. Maybe they will be interested. But if they're not interested, if nobody replies to you, then we cannot help you. That means that your project is not good enough for the current pool of programmers we have. In the future, when the pool grows, when we have thousands and tens of thousands and millions of programmers, then it will be way easier to satisfy your request for proposal. But now, sometimes we miss those requests for proposals. Sometimes we miss customers because we just cannot help. Sometimes their technology is not something which our programmers can work with. Sometimes the situation Sometimes the budget is too small, sometimes the code is already there, it's a legacy code and the customer needs to support something which not so many programmers love to do. So there are many situations where you may be unsatisfied, you may be uh, unsuccessful with your request. In that case, you just lose your $16 and you just go home, it happens. But most likely you will be successful, just try it harder, make sure you explain your project, make sure you make it sound interesting Make sure it sounds like something which uh, a good programmer would be interested to participate in. Present yourself as a smart customer who is ready to work with smart programmers and you will be fine. That's how it works. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Bye-bye.